Hey, everybody. This is Chuck Marone. Welcome back to the Strong Towns podcast. This is Member Drive Week. And during Member Drive Week, I wanted to take some time and chat with different members of our team, lift the, the hood of the vehicle, so to speak, and let you see the engine and a little bit about how things work. One of the more exciting things that we have done this year is trying to answer this question, how do we help people take action? For many, many years, I can think back like to the very early days of Strong Downs when it was just me writing a blog. People would say, oh, this is great, but what are you doing to make things happen? Or what, what should I be doing in my city? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm just a guy writing what I see. Like, what, Don't put this burden on me. As time has gone on, as really our membership has grown and with our membership growing, our capacity to deliver has grown, uh, we have been able to put resources into answering that question and into helping people work through those issues of what does it mean in a place to actually build a strong town. One of the primary people on our team working on that question is John Pattison. And John has agreed to join me for today's episode of the Strong Towns Podcast. John, welcome back to Strong Towns Podcast, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. You are one of two people on our team that is Pacific time zone, right? So wh where are you located? And tell us a little bit about your place. Yep. I'm in Silverton, Oregon, which is a town of about 11,000 people now. We're about 45 minutes south of Portland. We are increasingly a bedroom community for Portland and for Salem, but we still have a great historic downtown, have a lot going for us. It's a very beautiful lovely, mostly walkable place. And my wife and I are raising our, our two daughters here. I uh, almost had a chance to visit you earlier, but it didn't quite work out, but we're going to make that happen soon. Whenever we start meetings here, we have to be conscious because we do have people working in every time zone now. And so luckily you're an early riser for the most part though. Yep. Now uh, with Norm, Norm as well. With Norm, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a year ago, and it was actually a year ago almost to the day, maybe a, maybe a week or two earlier, when you and I and Rachel Quidnow went to, I happened to be speaking in Kansas, where you're originally from, and Kansas is a nice place in the middle of the country, quite literally, and you and Rachel and I spent some time talking about a program that would become our local conversations program. Can you maybe reflect a little bit on the vibe of that meeting? Because you and Rachel did the hard work. I was out doing other stuff and came back and, and commented on some things. But can you talk just a little bit about maybe going in or coming out of that, what we were trying to accomplish and maybe your sense of the program before it really got started? Yeah. You know, we had had local conversations up and running. We had had local conversations since I think 2018. I had been working as our content manager for almost two and a half, three years, but my heart was kind of being drawn more to the community building side. And so we had begun making plans for me to transition full time in, into the community builder role beginning in January of 2022. And as we looked ahead to this year, we wanted to understand where local conversations were. And so that involved me reaching out to all of our existing local conversations to kind of see where they were. Uh, this side of the pandemic. And then also we wanted to look at where local conversations could grow, wh what they could be, what a local conversations program could be. And so we met there in 
in Kansas and started to talk about our long-term plans for local conversations, what we knew they were doing, how we thought we could help. And then we began to develop a plan essentially for 2022 of how we would begin to ramp things up to provide more close support for our local conversations. And then to also kind of provide the structure to really, really, really ramp up and scale up our local conversations. So you were, you had been doing meetings and stuff. And so Rachel and I were doing the bulk of the work during the day. And then we would, we would connect um, after your events. And <laughs> I remember one particular conversation. I assume this is where you're going with it, where you said, I think we can have a thousand local conversations in five years. And I pumped the brakes big time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, I don't know. That's that seems pretty ambitious. And I, I was kind of nervous about that. I knew that it would make a great impact, but I was also nervous about that. Well, I think maybe a little bit of clarity too on because you you remind me that we did have local conversations before you started running with this and where this came from, because we're out doing stuff and all of a sudden people were identifying as strong towns. Hey, we're strong towns, uh, Tulsa. Hey, we're strong towns, Dallas. We're strong towns, Seattle. And I'm like, I, I have no clue who these people are. And uh, all these groups were starting to pop up that would would call themselves strong towns something identifying with us. And yeah, we reached out to them and said, well, you know, how about we just give you a place to chat. And we would let people know who were in your neighborhood that you actually had this group. When you started to focus on this more intently, and when we were able to devote essentially full-time resources to, to managing this, and you reached out to people, how many did we ultimately wind up with? I mean, it was just a couple dozen, right? That were actually sub something substantive was going on in those places. Yeah. So we have this this map where we keep track of our local conversations. And I should say that a local conversation is simply a group of people in a particular neighborhood, town or city that are coming together to talk about the Strong Towns approach and how it can be put into action where they live. When people used to contact us and they would say, I would like to start a local conversation, we would say, that's awesome. We'll put you on this map. Uh, so people can find you. Here's your contact information. And then we will send an email on your behalf to people on our email list to let them know that this, uh, that there's somebody in their area who would like to start a group. What happened, especially this, remembering that this is 2021, a couple of years into the pandemic, as I began to reach out to kind of see where folks were at, we discovered that for a variety of reasons, many of the groups that were on our map, in fact, the, the majority of the groups that were on our map had never actually gotten off the ground. Totally understandable. You know what? It's like totally understandable. Often it was one person kind of raising their hand in, I'm just, we'll just say Tulsa. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, uh, we'll yeah. Saying, like, I'm a strong towns person. Is there anyone else out there? And it never really got beyond that. And so we had to come up with a new way of approaching local conversations so that one, like we were helping people who were those loan advocates who wanted to get something going, but also so that we were emailing people with a higher degree of certainty that something was actually, the ball was actually rolling. Yeah, we kind of raised the bar in a sense on what it meant to have a local conversation. I, I know that was the first, we spent the first quarter of this year really saying, how do we get people from this loan advocate phase, which 
in a lot of ways, it's kind of a pass-fail filter, right? You know, a lot of people with enthusiasm would walk in the door and say, I want to start a local conversation. And we recognized in that discernment process that if we don't get one person connected to a second and a third person and get them having a conversation, it's no good pointing a bunch of people in their direction. Because in a sense, that's like the threshold that you have to cross to, to even be viable, right? That's right. And it's a, it is a low threshold, but it's an important psychic barrier. What we ask folks, contact us and let us know you want to get started. We ha- have immediate resources to help that loan advocate who wants to get something going. Let us know. You can go to strongtowns.org local. We can get you going immediately with those resources. But now before we put your group on the map, before we email people in your area on your behalf, what we ask is that you meet even just one time with even just one other person. And it might seem like that's too low, but actually we think it's the sweet spot. It's that sweet spot. And then you con- then you get back in touch with me and you say, okay, hey, we had our first meeting. It was me and one other guy, or, you know, it was me and a handful of friends. I That just happened uh, this today, I'll, which maybe I'll talk about. It might seem humble, but that is exactly where it starts. And now the ball is rolling. Now we are emailing people in your area when there's already momentum. And that has made a huge difference for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because we want these groups to be really successful. We want these groups to, in a sense, build on each other and be connected to a growing conversation in their community. But then getting the download, the resources, the connections with other people, it's astounding to me how you will get a group from the Pacific Northwest and they'll connect with someone from Southern Texas, and they have very similar problems they're they're working on. So once people are up and running and they've met, we will, you know, email people around and steer them in the direction of this group. I know we're not just walking away at that point. What kind of stuff ongoing does the local conversations program provide to groups that are up and running? Yep, this has been an important part of this year as well. It wasn't just figuring out the best way to get people on the map, the best time to email folks. It was coming alongside them and learning what we as a staff, what we as an organization can do to help make them more successful, to help them go from that lone advocate to now they're mobilized, they're meeting with folks, to actually taking action and being effective, an effective group of advocates in their community. And so we've come alongside to learn as much as we can about about what they need And so, for example, some of the things that we have done this year, actually, I'll even summarize it this way. First, we connect them, the loan advocate, like we connect them to the organization. They get in touch with us. Then we connect them to other local conversation leaders. To that end, this year, we have set up a Discord server just for local conversation leaders. Not every local conversation leader chooses to be on the Discord, and that's not the only way that we communicate, but it has been really powerful to have both folks who have up and running groups and also people who are just getting groups going, be able to connect with one another on Discord. To something that you said just a second ago, Chuck, there's one guy who uh, whose name is Christian. He's getting a group starting in Austin. He's very early in his journey. He happens to be traveling for work to Charlotte, North Carolina, where there is a group up and running. I just watched on Discord today, Christian say to the group in Charlotte, hey, I'm coming your way. And the group in Charlotte saying, hey, let's connect when you're here. You know, And so it's important that not only are they connecting with us where we can give them resources, 
but they're connecting with each other and swapping stories, learning. And then, of course, they're connecting. We're helping to connect them with their neighbors. So the Discord has been a, a, good, a good resource that we've created this year. We're also doing monthly Zoom hangouts. It's mostly informal where we're just kind of people are giving updates. They're asking advice. Actually, starting in December, we're going to be doing a book club for local conversation leaders. We're going to be doing Jeff Speck's 10th anniversary edition of Walkable City. That's something that local conversation leaders have asked for, for deeper conversation with one another. We're also going to start doing fun things. This is something that one of our key, not key, but like very active local conversation leaders, Nick Lenata, has asked for. He's like, or suggested, he said, what if we did not just bikes watching parties? And so, you know, it's just a lot of fun. If I could just talk really quickly why we chose Discord. As we were looking, where can we gather local conversation leaders? We looked at Slack. We looked at Discord. One reason why we went with Discord is because people associate Slack with work and Discord with fun. And we need local conversations to be fun. It's hard work, but many of us have other jobs, other obligations. So we need it to be a, a source of energy just because it can be a grind to try to work for change in your community. And so we do try to make it not just all business and all serious stuff um, in the Discord. We try to have some fun as well. I think about the times uh, this year when I was traveling, where I would show up in Lafayette, Louisiana, comes to mind right away, where we have a couple of local conversations, one in the city, one nearby, and they, they showed up to the event. And I was able to take some extra time away and spend with them. I know every week we have an internal meeting here where we review the requests that we have to go and do events in different places. And one of the things that we look at is where do we have local conversations? And if we have a local group that's active, that's doing stuff, we prioritize that community. We say, let's, there's momentum there. Let's go there. Let's add to that. I'm thinking about how, as we roll out this crash analysis studio and some of the other things that we have, the idea is to prioritize and partner with our local conversations so that we can highlight crashes in their community and help them out and be very specific examples for them, use them as an example for the, the rest of the movement. To me, it feels like 2023 is going to be an opportunity to really go deep and accelerate not only these existing conversations, but the total number that we have. What are we up to now? I'm always shocked by the number I know I said a thousand and I was kind of pushing you. I think at the time we we looked at the list and said, well, we've got maybe a dozen here that are viable. And I said, how about a thousand in five years? Where are we at today? And you know, give me the viable number. Yeah. So today I added our 125th group to the map from Guelph, Ontario. And then part of that, I emailed everybody on our email list who is in Guelph, Ontario. And so now there are I think there is a smaller number in Guelph, I think just 14 people. Sometimes I'm emailing 500 people in a bigger city to let them know a group is going. But still, those 14 people, they know beyond a shadow of a doubt that they are not they are not alone in their hopes and dreams and plans for Guelph, Ontario. And some I, I do this on Thursdays I because it's typically a day when people aren't getting many other emails from us. So on Usually on Thursday, I will go on the staff Slack channel and say, hey, I emailed, I got to email this many people in five cities or, you know, in three cities today. And like these are people who know that they are no longer alone. And I'll say that 125 is, I mean, that is so, to us, that is thrilling. It's thrilling to us 
to folks on the outside, it may think, gosh, it's a long ways from 125 to 1,000. But I have completely turned around in one year. Now I, it is completely feasible that we will have 1,000 groups within five years. And think about like that's not that many groups across all 50 states and all the Canadian provinces. And we have spent a lot of 22 learning what local conversations need, beginning to kind of set up that that substructure as an organization so that then we can really scale up in 2023 and beyond while still maintaining a high level of care and support for those groups. And 1,000 local conversations is completely within reach. Not only that, and some, somebody, some folks say, well, why 1,000? My answer to that is simply uh, 1,000 local conversations is unignorable. It's unignorable locally, and it's unignorable in the broader North American conversation about how we about how we grow our cities. And I think it is along with our membership, it is like it demonstrates that the Strong Towns movement is a force to be reckoned with as cities are making these very important decisions day in, day out about how they're going to grow their cities. This is our, our member drive week. Twice a year, we step back and say, take a break from our normal programming and, and ask people to become members. You, John, have done a lot uh, within our internal staff to help us work through a process to kind of explain not only to ourselves, but to others what we're doing. I don't want you to go like deep, deep into the theory of the story brand approach and all that. You brought this to me three years ago, four years ago, whenever it was you started and said, in my time reading Strong Towns before I was here, in my time interacting with this organization, it feels like what you're trying to do is be the guide and have our members be the hero. And I said, that that's exactly what we're trying to do. And you told me, well, then let's communicate in that way. Just describe a little bit how we look at our members and what their role is in this, in this movement. Yeah, it was a simple reframing, external reframing of how we thought about ourselves internally anyway. You can think of it in sort of like a, a classic movie structure with uh, Luke Skywalker as the hero and Obi-Wan Kenobi or Yoda as the guide. I think a lot of nonprofits, a lot of companies, like they try to frame themselves as the hero. Here, we can solve your problems. And when in actuality, like the people out there kind of doing the work and living life, like they don't need another hero. Like they're living their own, trying to live their own heroic life. What they need is a guide. That was always what we were, how we thought of ourselves as an organization. But we just pivoted slightly how we talked about ourselves because we realized that it is our members, it is our local conversations. Those are the folks out there. I don't like military metaphors, but you know, like in, like in the trenches, doing the work day in, day out. They are the heroes. What we want to do, what we need to do, what our mission is, is come alongside those local heroes and to connect them with one another, to connect them with the resources they need, to support them and to expand the movement on their behalf, to bring more heroes into the movement so that they're not alone, so that the movement gains momentum. Um, like I said, we were already doing that, but we weren't quite communicating that as effectively as we could. And so the story brand approach was is something that we we think about with every major project, every major initiative as we design our website. And you know, we don't want to put ourselves out there as the hero 
Like we are supporting local heroes, including and especially, I, I believe, our members who make literally all of this possible. If you are listening to this and you're not yet a member of Strong Towns, uh, I think there's two ways to think about this. One is we would love to have you join this movement, become part of the membership, part of that group that is doing. If you want to start a local conversation, go to strongtowns.org-local and sign up right now. We actually don't require you to be a member to start a local conversation. We, we would love it. It's the way that we support the work here that others uh, we're doing, that others are doing. If you are listening to this saying, I'm not one of those people who wants to go out and organize people. I'm not one of those people who wants to support a local conversation. I just want to see things be better in my place. Go and become a member because your membership not only uh, supports this movement and this organization, it supports these local conversations popping up around the country. And as John says, th there's a certain threshold here where things become too big to ignore. And we, we are approaching that threshold. I mean, I can see it. I can feel it. I, I'm out there. And, and, and there's hardly a place where I visit now where you know, the majority of the audience has not heard the Strong Downs message and talking the Strong Downs conversation. If you want to see this message spread, if you want to support the heroes who are out there working in local conversations to spread this message and change things in their place, if you want to create room for a better, more prosperous community in your part of the world, go sign up and become a member today. Our typical member donates $5 a month, $60 a year as part of their membership. And that is makes a huge difference to us. There's no minimum cost for membership. You can donate a dollar if you want. We have some people who do just because they want to be members and want to say, hey, I'm here, I'm part of it. We have other members who give thousands of dollars a year. We value it all. It's all very helpful and it all adds up. Go to strongtowns.org, click on become a member and sign up to be a member of Strong Towns today. John, I love you, man. Thanks so much for, for being here. Thanks for all the work that you do. I, I feel like, you know, we've been interviewing uh, and chatting with all these different people this week from inside the, the team. And I've just wanted to highlight because people hear from me all the time. They're like, oh, Chuck Marone. No, no, no. There's this whole squad of amazing people doing great work. And you all come on here and talk so eloquently about stuff and you all have a great vision. And, and I, I just want to say, I feel like I threw you to the wolves a year ago and just said, solve this problem. And you've done miracles. So I just, you know, thank you for all you do. And I'm so glad to be working with you. It's not only my pleasure, but, you know, I think about Norm who gets to wake up every day and think like, how can I love our members? Like I get to wake up every day and think, how can I love our local conversations and our local conversation leaders? It's very energizing. It's a, it's just great work. And I get to work with a great team and, and I get to work with these amazing local conversations. It's, it's a, a real privilege. So thanks for having me. Thanks, man. And thank you everybody for listening. Uh, keep doing what you can to build strong town and let's keep making this movement stronger. If what I am is what's in me, then I'll stay strong, that's who I'll be. And I will always be the best me that I can be. There's only one me, I admit. Have a dream, I'll follow it. It's up to me to try. Oh, I'ma keep my head up high. Keep on reaching high. Never gonna quit, I'll keep it stronger. And nothing's gonna bring me down. Never gonna stop, gotta go. Because I know I'll keep it stronger. And what I am is thoughtful. And what I am is musical.